also have asked me, just asked me last week a question about how do I think God has been reaching out to me in my life. And I just answered, I thought he was just going to take notes and use it in the sermon. Uh, and then he tricked me to do this. <laughs> like so, but uh, it has been good because it's helped me to remember. And I think remembering is very, very useful for us. I'll just start by sharing my favourite scripture, which is in Acts chapter 17. Sorry, I have to take notes. I'm not very used to it. So Acts chapter 17, verse 26 to 27. I'm just going to paraphrase it, how I remember it in my head and what makes it mean so much to me. Uh, it says that God created us and appointed the times and places that we should live in order for us to seek him and find him. And when I read that scripture, I just felt like this is so true in my life. Because I feel like God definitely appointed where I should be born, where I should live, and orchestrated everything so that I would have a relationship with him. And I think that's God's way of reaching out to all of us. Like, the same way he did, he did for me. So I started just growing up. I grew up in a household of... We were five children, and that, and then my uncle died, and then my three cousins came to live with us. They were a bit older. We were lots of children in the house, plus some other cousins. And because in Nigeria, you you are doing well, you help out other people in your family who are doing so well. And so my cousins were very religious. And so, you know, I learned a lot from them. I mean, I did go to church, but I saw a different kind of religion and a different kind of passion from them. I don't know if it's the pain of losing their dad or, or just the circumstance that they were in. I just felt that they were more dependent on God than I was seeing in my own side of the family. And they told me lots of stories and it helped to build a kind of faith in God. But along with that, there was also fear. It instilled a lot of fear of hell in my heart. And so a lot of my motivation as a, as a young person was, I don't want to go to hell, I don't want to go to hell, because of the stories that I had heard. And that kind of carried on as well into my later years when I went to boarding school. As my faith grew, the fear also sort of persisted. And the only way that I, I was able to get rid of the fear was to ignore the whole thing entirely. Because you don't want to think about hell, so you're never going to think about making heaven, just get, push everything out of your mind. And so, people reached out to me, lots of people reached out to me when I was in, in school, in boarding school, when I was at university, and I just, I generally avoided them, because I felt like they were calling me to something that I didn't think I could do. You know, I felt like, Living the Christian life was going to be difficult. It was going to be restrictive. This is what I was seeing around me. And Nigeria is a very religious country. And the messages that you get, the way that the Bible is interpreted, can be quite scary sometimes. I mean, I went through a phase, believe it or not, because of a scripture in the Bible and how it was taught to me, I went through a phase where I wore no jewellery. Because the Israelites 
gave way the jury. <laughs> I, I went through a phase where I, I didn't wear trousers, where I didn't listen to secular music, where I didn't... So I got to a point where I thought, I can't live like this, it's just not possible. And so I just packed away everything and I gave up. And, and again, another reason why I felt like I should give up was because Christianity was mysterious to me in a way in Nigeria as well. Because, because of things like the Holy Spirit. It was very mysterious to me when I would be in a church service, for example, and the people would pray, the people would fall down, the people speak in tongues, and all of that was very mysterious to me, and I can't even say I understand it today. But I felt like I couldn't access it because I tried. I did go up to people to pray for me so I could speak in tongues. And it just didn't. Like you'd be in a line in front of you, they pray for them, they touch them, they start talking, and you're next. And you just don't, it doesn't happen for you. So I just thought, maybe this isn't real. So that was another reason why I thought, okay, if I can't experience God in this way, then maybe it isn't really true. Another reason why I thought I'm going to ignore religion or Christianity for some time is because I also thought that it was flawed and it was corrupt. And particularly, this is in Nigeria because I spent a lot of my I grew up in Nigeria. You could see um, pastors taking advantage of their congregation. You would see them in their private jets, in their big cars, you'd see congregations sacrificing everything for them, worshipping them in a way. And you know, you get to a certain age and you realise this is nonsense. You see your parents doing that, see my mom going to do that and give money and do all sorts of things. And I thought, surely this isn't how it should be. So when I came to England when I was 18, I just thought, well, good riddance, I'm not really going to do any of that anymore. And I didn't pursue God, I didn't pay attention to church. Or Again, people reach out to me and I would go for a while, I would. You know, be touched when I'm in church, I'd be all emotional, I'd cry, but I'd go back to my life of sin. All of that never really prompted me to repent. It just made me, I went through the motions for, for a lot of the time. But I do feel, even though it sounds so far like, you know, nothing's happening, I feel like God was trying to, God was working, God was using all those things, and He was noticing all those things that were stopping me. And he was going to work on them later on to, to make the way for me to reach out to him and find him. And so one day, when I was in a Reading, I, was, I took a year out of my university and I was working and living in Reading, where I knew nobody really. I just went with one of my friends and we shared a flat together. And it was nice, you know, we're earning money for the first time, doing whatever we liked, and life was great. And then I met someone on the street one day, a girl, and she, she just asked me for directions to Blockbusters. And I don't know, maybe like many Nigerians at that time, we adored, or I did, I liked Americans, and this girl happened to have an American accent. So when she stopped me, I stopped and I engaged in conversation with her. And in fact, I followed her to Blockbusters to show her where it was, and we chatted for a while. Then. I'm not even quite sure, I don't even remember the exact word, but somehow she invited me to church. I don't know if she did it that day or she did it or not, I can't even remember the details. And again, I kept saying, yeah, I'll come one day, one day I'll come, one day I'll come. And when I finally then came 
church. Almost immediately, I just felt like I still remember the first sermon I listened to. It was preached by Tim Dunnett, and he was talking about righteous indignation. And just remember that feeling of actually being at church and understanding what's being said and listening and it making sense. And you feeling like you can go out and you don't just need to cry here and be sad, but you can actually go out and do something with what you've you've heard. And so I kept coming and I kept studying the Bible, the sermons, the lessons were taught in such a clear way that it helped me to see that Christianity doesn't have to be a mystery. I didn't have to deal with all those issues of well, why can't I do what everybody else is doing. And then I, I could see a different kind of mystery and a different kind of power because the Holy Spirit was helping me to change things and do things that I didn't ever think I could do by myself. And one of them was like having to end a relationship that was with someone who didn't want to be a Christian, who didn't want to study the Bible. And when I told my friends these, they were all like, oh, you can't be serious, you can't, nobody does that, you know? And really, nobody did that. And I'm not one of, in my group of friends, in my family, I'm not like the strongest, there are lots more charismatic people than me. And so I really didn't think I could do it. I did think, okay, maybe this would, maybe in a few months I will just go back. And, but then that was a different kind of power and a different kind of mystery, the way that the Holy Spirit gives you the power to do God's will. I saw that coming to, to life. And then God also squashed my idea of, you know, this corruptness in Christianity, because in the church that we went to, the church that I went to, was a very small church, probably even smaller than this, and the, the pastor was driving a really old car, <laughs> nobody was materialistic, in, in my view at least, his wife wore the same shoes to church every Sunday, and she was very, they were very humble people, and so then I didn't have that excuse anymore of, you know, People talk this talk, but they don't really live like that. So that, I think God squashed that to, again, allow me to reach out to him and to find him. So, I was doing both things like, you know, breaking up the relationship, like I said, I threw away my collection of burnt CDs in the days of CDs, really burnt CDs that you didn't buy, which was like So I remember being bold enough to throw them all in the bin, I remember writing letters to my friends, telling them about my new life and begging them to repent. And I truly believe that God used all those things that happened. And he was reaching out to me in all those different ways, through all the different experiences. And he still does that today. Through good experiences, bad experiences, ugly experiences. Everything in our lives, in our journey in life, is supposed to lead us to God. And I, I definitely feel like he led me to him, even when there were all those obstacles. I remember when I was in Nigeria at one point, I just when everything was so complicated, I was watching TV one day and I watched this service online. I don't know what country it was, but it wasn't in Nigeria. People were worshipping and singing. And I remember thinking, oh, it just seems so easy to be a Christian in another place, in another country. And I know the thought crossed my mind, but I never... I didn't remember it until later when I looked back on my life and I thought, well, it wasn't actually so easy because when you get somewhere else, there are other obstacles, but it's just that God uses things. God leads you, no matter where you are. And even when I go back now, I still find it. I still find that God is 
He's using things to help me, to help my mom, to help her to understand. Whenever I try to tell her something, she then says, oh, but that's not the way it is in Nigeria. That's not the way it is. But, you know, amen, one day she will truly understand, you know, what God is trying to teach her as well. So that, that's, that's it. That's my story of how I feel that God led me to the point of studying the Bible and becoming baptized. And I think, you know, every stage in life has got its different challenges, different things that we're going to face. And I think God is still leading me to find Him in different ways now as a mom, as a wife, and as an older woman. And I, I share this hoping that we can all see that God is still working with us and that He's leading us to Him. He's orchestrating everything, like that scripture says, the time and the places in order for us to reach out to him and find him. I want to end by playing a song, and it's a love song, but it really reminds me of my journey and God, God's leading me to him. So as, as we listen to it, let's just try to think about that as well. Thank you.